So I think it's generally good to start, I mean, journal it, document it, something day by day. How do you feel when you get up in the morning? You know, is it just this client or just that customer or just that project? Or is it, you know, you've been doing this now for six, eight, 10 months, three years, and you're kind of going, you know what, most days I don't really like, that's when it's, okay, it's probably time to change something. This is Your Career GPS, the podcast designed to help teens, young adults, students, new grads, and emerging professionals navigate their career journey. I'm Brad Minton. And I'm Cassie Spencer. Your journey starts now. Welcome back to Your Career GPS. We're back for another fantastic episode, and I'm really, really excited about today's episode and the subject and our guest, who we've been waiting a long time to get on the podcast. Before we dive into today's subject, we want to make sure all of you are following us, subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Please stop this podcast right now and go do that if you haven't already. And if you are interested in checking us out on Instagram, uh, please do so at Your Career GPS Podcast. Today's episode is all about these unfortunate situations that so many young people get in where they feel like they have to change course. Uh, for whatever reason, certain things happened, uh, maybe internally or externally, and they feel Oh my gosh, I am not where I want to be and I need to uh, I need to make a detour. And so that's what today's episode is all about and we have a fantastic guest. So Cassie, do you want to go ahead and introduce her? Yes, I would love to. Our guest today is Devin Turcott. Devin is a career advisor and the owner of Careerified, where she focuses on helping Gen Z and young millennials gain career clarity and craft actionable steps so that they can build meaningful careers that have an impact. Devin's draw to the career development field is rooted in the connection between mental health and youth career decisions. She is a fierce advocate for lifelong learning and believes that there is always an alternative route to success. Prior to starting Careerified, Devin worked with thousands of teens, parents, and educators delivering in-school presentations on careers in the skilled trades and recruiting and career coaching in Ontario's community college system. Devin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes, we are so excited to have you. And I think it only makes sense to start with the fact that it is common for students and new professionals to really kind of push through a path that may not be beneficial, for example, getting a degree that they're not passionate about or, you know, following a path that they've been told since they were three they should be on or something like that. So can you kind of start by explaining to our listeners this concept of the sunk cost fallacy? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> sunk cost fallacy is a thing that we do where we continue to invest money and resources and energy into something, even once we see it's not working. So something you see a lot in business is kind of where it comes from, right? Where a company will consider continuing on with like a product launch, even though maybe early market research indicates that it's really not that great. They hit that point where it's, I've invested so much, I don't want to change. And as individuals, we do it in a number of different ways. You know, we see it in, you see it in relationships. You keep dating the person you've been dating for 
years because you're still together, but maybe you don't really want to be in the relationship, but you've already put years into it. We do it when we buy the jeans that we are going to wear when we lose 20 pounds and they're still in our closet, even though we've done nothing to lose 20 pounds. So it's something that can creep into our lives in a lot of ways. And certainly with careers, you know, I see it in high school students who are super ambitious, you know, maybe right from their first year in high school, they're, I'm going to be this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take all the classes. I'm going to do all the things. And Mm -hmm. even if they change their mind, they feel like they have to stick with it because they've been really public about it. They've Mm -hmm. gotten the support. They've put in the energy and it carries into the work world, right? You see it among people who don't want to leave a job because it's related to perhaps the degree, the associate's degree, the diploma, whatever credential they achieved in post-secondary. So it's something that creeps up (laughs) in a lot of different Mm. places. Thank you for that thorough explanation because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, prior to uh, connecting with you, I wasn't super familiar with the term. I totally get the concept and I think it's really, really prevalent, <laughs> uh, yeah. obviously, in terms of the work that we do and and uh, and meeting with so many people. And one of the things that resonated with me is, uh, you know, I had a client recently that really, really fell into this trap and she got a degree in, in cybersecurity and we're kind of talking about it and turns out she wants nothing to do with it, <laughs> but she was so far invested in it that it kind of felt like, well, I, I just need to finish. So with with that explanation in mind, from the mental side of things, why do you feel like this is so common? Why do people continue to push through and persevere through this, even if they recognize that It's not really where they want to be long-term, or maybe they have that hunch that it's not where they're going to be. I think there are really two main things after seeing this so many times. There's one side of it where the nature of the resources you put in to prepare for a career are pretty significant. You know, we have students who come out of their college degree programs, tens of thousands of dollars in debt. And more so than paying off the debt, there's a whole thing of, I went into this debt to get here. This is what I wanted, you know? So it's quite expensive. It takes a lot of your time. It takes a lot of your energy. And after all that, there's something, I think, in your head that says, well, if you don't keep doing this, then all of that was a waste. It was a waste of your time. It was a waste of your resources. And I think we've done over the years a lot of damage promoting post-secondary studies so much as career training that we've forgotten there's inherent value in the learning itself there's inherent value in being educated and we don't promote that as much because people want value for dollar they want they want outcomes and they want something that meets their expectations so there's that side of it the other part of it i think is something of like a a coming of age reckoning you know it's it's owning up to the idea that when you were younger you didn't know what you didn't know And maybe if you were bragging about it or you made a lot of assumptions, you know, you kind of have to own that piece of, okay, maybe I had less knowledge and experience than I thought I did at the time. And having that maturity to admit that it's okay that you didn't know what you didn't know and to accept that about yourself that, you know, there's just, you hit these periods of your life, you do them forever. And then to be ready and willing to move forward with that new experience and that new perspective into a space that fits your values and your ambitions better. And I think that that takes a, a lot of self-awareness. It takes a lot of self-reflection and it, it takes a lot of maturity to be able to say, okay, you know what, maybe I was kind of a stupid kid and, and maybe I can just get over that and move on now. I love that point of reflection and kind of needing to think about it in that standpoint. And I think so important for so many people to 
understand that kind of going through that reflection is not a bad thing, but can really help get us out of some of these cycles. So along with that reflection, are there other signs that people could be or maybe should be looking for to let them know that the path they're on may not be sustainable in the long term? I would say if you generally dislike your work more than you like it, that's a pretty good red flag to latch on to. <laughs> I find this is a tricky thing because this is another area where I think we've done a lot of disservice to younger workers because we've really sold people hard on you should be passionate about your work. Yeah. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in life, right? Like we've, we've <laughs> right. sold this idea and we've sold it hard and people went, yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to buy that. And so it can be challenging, I think, to identify that maybe it's just a bad day or a bad project or a bad team, as opposed to, I don't want this career at all. So I think it's generally good to start, I mean, journal it, document it, something day by day. How do you feel when you get up in the morning? You know, is it just this client or just that customer or just that project? Or is it, you know, you've been doing this now for six, eight, 10 months, three years, and you're still kind of going, you know what, most days I don't really like, that's when it's, okay, it's probably time to change something. But I mean, yeah, generally, like, it's not called work, because it's supposed to be chill, or fun, or, you know, I mean, it's, it is supposed to take effort, it is supposed to challenge you, at least a little bit, you know, so that's, that's one where it's like, you really have to pay attention to what that feels like in your gut, and where you think it's coming from, and find a way to track it. That's a really, really great piece of advice. I think, um, you know, yeah. just being mindful and really doing those day-to-day check-ins and and weekly check-ins and monthly check-ins and really kind of, you know, ascertaining is this uh, a matter of the day that I'm in or the project that I'm working on, or is it more than just that? Is it really an issue of of conflict with me within this career path that I'm on, and I, th- I think that that's really great. And that's definitely something I want to talk about in a second. <laughs> Actually, let's go ahead and address that one now. That, is, that does bring up a really good point. When you kind of look at maybe the differences or how somebody can sort of make that determination or, or differentiation, from what I'm kind of gauging from you is that you kind of are saying that if if they're looking at things a little bit more in uh, these moment to moment kind of basis and kind of saying, yeah, I, I was a little bit emotional at that point in time and stress was kind of getting to me that day or that week, or I had a lot kind of building up and, you know, this doesn't necessarily reflect the entirety of the job or even the entirety of the career. But can you kind of break down for us how someone can sort of differentiate between the two and, and how to make that determination whether or not they really need to to change course? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's a great question. I think there's a couple of ways to do that. Sometimes a simple one is to talk to other people who do similar work to yours, but in a different organization, in a different industry, that can really help you see like what sort of normal we'll put air quotes around that normal as <laughs> new knows what that means but that can really be a good gauge of you know if i was doing this work in a different place what would it look like and do i want that does that like does it sound better if i was in a different place or does it still sound like it's gross and disgusting and i don't want to do it 
that's a good place to start. I think sometimes too, if you've developed a good relationship with your supervisor, sometimes a conversation with them to say, this is not fitting and I'm not sure why can actually go a really long way. Cause I mean, very often, you know, your manager, boss, supervisor, whatever term you use for them can have some power over who you're working with, what teams you're working with, what projects you're working on, what clients or customers you deal with. Sometimes a few tweaks can do that. And it's amazing what you can do, just talking things out and what you can recognize that's happening. Um, You know, I've had this conversation with clients and it turns out, you know, like, oh, the company was going through some kind of weird restructuring thing and their supervisor was super distracted by that and they didn't realize and went right sometimes it's just it's just about clear communication and and trying to get to the bottom of what's actually going on i love that that's really really um fantastic to be able to kind of see those those differences and being able to look externally and and sort of do an evaluation of other people who are doing similar work but also you know, being able to to take that check internally and talk with a supervisor or perhaps even a coworker. I've had certain situations uh, myself and with other people that I know and have, have worked with where, you know, it was a management issue. It was a leadership issue that was really causing the problem. And once that was corrected or resolved or mm-hmm. whatever took place, it was a completely different atmosphere and it, you know, they were ready to abandon ship on, on something that was maybe, you know, more, um, uh, delegated to one person. So now kind of going back to those, uh, those, those check-ins that we were talking about and those reflections, at what point would you say it would be time to pull the plug where you would say, yeah, you know what, based on everything that I've evaluated up until this point, I really think a detour is needed. I think I, I really need to to get out of this situation that I'm at and, and move on. I would say probably the most obvious is if you hear about or see an opportunity that sounds amazing, that's probably a good signal that it's uh, it's a good idea to chase that one. I think for everybody, it's going to be a little bit different. I mean, in the career worlds, one thing we talk a lot about and is planned happenstance, right? The idea that you can not necessarily plan everything and not necessarily everything is going to be up to chance, but you can tweak the circumstances to put yourself in a position where you are in the right place at the right time. And I think, I think the more you start having conversations with people, internally or externally to your organization, those kinds of opportunities will start to show up. You know, it'll be an opportunity to go speak at this place or go attend that training session or go meet with that person over there. And I think that's going to be different for every person. But I think once you start seeing that opportunities or, you know, doors are opening and your, your conversations, instead of being, you know, grumbling about work or turning into, you know, what I'd really love to be doing is this, you find that more doors open and and more spaces clear out because you're letting go of the garbage and you're, you know, making space for new things to come in. So yeah, I don't know if there's sort of a, a one thing that shows up. I think it's probably going to be different for everyone. 
I am a big, big fan of planned happenstance. So <laughs> I, I love that Kate that that came up. Uh, big fan. She of was that. so excited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like no one can see me, but uh, just like cheesing from ear to ear with that. Big fan of yeah. that theory, um, <laughs> and subscribe to it a lot. And I think a really good point, right? That we can. <laughs> kind of be in these situations and go through the reflection of saying, like, I think it's time for a change, but then actually taking steps to start to have those conversations, to communicate clearly with your manager, supervisors, whoever it may be, and then to start to set yourself up to open those doors and to have those conversations can be so impactful. So knowing that, are there some other steps outside of talking to a supervisor? Maybe someone listening doesn't feel like they have a relationship where they can do that. Or maybe they're nervous about setting up conversations with other people. What are some other steps that people could do when they're starting to realize like, okay, I might need to make a change here? I think one thing I always, uh, I find comes up a lot is the first place people go often is looking at education. And I think it's it's so ingrained in us, right? You start when you're really little, you go through educa- education is all about preparing for work, preparing for careers. That's the that's the message we're sold from you know kindergarten on. And I think so often people will jump right to, okay, well, if I go get this master's degree, then I can change into that career. And while I I'm actually a fan of, I mean, I have a master's degree, I'm a fan of these things, but that's not for everybody. It's a very expensive way to do it. But I will say what can be helpful is trying a course, uh, a weekend workshop, a, a something just to kind of get a taste for what the something else is. You know, if you have an idea of where you would like to go, try it in some way, get a little taste of it. If it turns out you need the master's degree, good, at least you know that and you know it's going to be a smart investment. But having a little sampling there can be really helpful. The other thing is too, talking to people in your life, maybe not necessarily related to the work, but talking to maybe some of your weaker ties, right? So friends of the family, neighbors, I don't know, whoever lives next door to your grandma, talking to people who maybe don't do anything related to you, but finding out what makes them tick and what, why do they get up in the morning? What do they care about? And doing this with people at all stages of life and career can be really, really insightful because it can help you sharpen your values and figure out what's important to you. And at the end of the day, I mean, we actually had a study just before the pandemic, so probably nobody paid attention to it by the time the results came out. But we had a study, a nationwide study here in Canada, where it was identified that the number one thing people say when they're looking at sort of a midlife career change is, I wish I'd picked something that aligned with my values. So that can be a really great way to go into, okay, what are my values? What are my strengths? What kind of workplace do I want to be in? And finding that stuff out doesn't necessarily have to be work conversations, but it can be talking to, you know, friends and neighbors and extended family. Hmm. So much great advice there. And I feel like with so many resources that we have available now, you know, through LinkedIn learning and other online courses, even YouTube. Uh, what a great way to jump into something and get a little taste of it before committing. And of course, you know, uh, we've 
talked with lots of people who are really promoting values and figuring those out. And I'm right on that train with them of like, everyone needs to be focusing on that. And I, I love the idea of kind of reaching out to your immediate network and then the, the people who are kind of won over from that to see what their values are and how they talk about them as well. As we kind of think about these transitions and steps that people can take, is there an example that you have from a student or a client that you've worked with who not only acknowledged that it was time to kind of make a change and and detour from their path, but then also ended up significantly better off, like a, a success story that you can share with us? You know, that's an interesting one. I I think it's happening more because of the pandemic, but I have rarely come across somebody who just sort of realizes it. I find Mm. so often when people come to that detour point, it's usually something connected with crisis, right? So my, as an example, one of my very, very first clients was when I was still working in the community college and this student came in. She was in this special program we offered. It was in academic recovery. She had gone into a science program. I think she was studying biology. She'd always been very good in maths and sciences and had full-on intentions to become a doctor and got entrance scholarships because her grades were off the charts in high school. And then she failed out of her first year. And it was a shock to her for sure because she'd always academically performed off the charts except it was kind of a, it was the culture shock, right? You get to mm-hmm. post-secondary, the pace is so much faster. They're throwing a lot of information at you. The program delivery is completely different and it was too much. And ultimately she was put on academic suspension and the common practice in an academic suspension, meaning you've failed out, is that you have to wait a year before you can re-enroll in the program. But we were offering this like sort of academic recovery so they could do one semester Part of that was stuff like student study skills and student success skills. And if you obtained a certain grade point average, you could be readmitted to your program right away, not waiting a year. And that was the first time she'd ever been forced to take a pause in any of her goals, right? We're talking like seven, eight, nine years old. She was like, I'm going to be a doctor and completely moved to that trajectory. Mm -hmm. So she shows up in my office And she said, I don't know if that's still what I want. And it was the first time it ever occurred to her that that might not be what she wanted. And so she came to me because she said, I I don't even know what my options are. I've never even considered anything else. I've never even thought of anything else. And so we met a few times. We did some, you know, we did some assessments. We did some career exploration. We did some researching programs and all this kind of stuff. And the last session I had with her, she was practically bouncing out of her shoes because she was so excited She had decided instead she was going to pursue a degree in kinesiology and move into physiotherapy. She was very excited about that. And she like bouncing. She was so excited to talk about this. She was so engaged. I can only imagine how much her grades skyrocketed being that much more engaged in the process. But, you know, it's so it was so cool because, I mean, it took the crisis point to force her to actually say, what do I actually want here? But, yeah, she absolutely came through it fantastic flying colors she did great you know and she was super pumped and she at one point was worried like oh my gosh what's my family gonna say and it's like well you already failed they're probably gonna say anything else at this point (laughs) you know so 
she uh that all went well like she was just she was amazed at how well the pieces fell together from that point on which was really cool but yeah it's it's interesting because it's I think prior to the pandemic it would always take people that and I think Mm -hmm. now we're seeing so much of this stuff around quiet quitting and great resignation and all these things because people are themselves taking on that to say actually what are my values? What do I want to do? How do I want my work to reflect my life? And how do I want those two things to fit together? So yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting to see that happen on mass. If anybody can watch the video of this, you'll notice Cassie and I are just beaming through this episode because it's like you have spoken our language for the, <laughs> for the last 23 minutes. And it really, I mean, these are stories that we have lived and breathed and, yeah. um, and resonate with us so much. And I think that, uh, I think it's so incredibly empowering for that young student to be able to uh, to go through that, take that pause and reflection and really, really reevaluate, you know, you've been on autopilot for how long? And this is exactly what they needed at that time. And it, it's, you know, now their, their trajectory of their life is, is going in a very, very different place. And it's exciting. It's exciting to be a part of that. So this has really, really been a fantastic episode. You have, you've just landed so many knockout punches with your information today. And I think so much of it, you know, really resonated about the importance of reflection, you know, following curiosity, having these intentional conversations with people, whether or not they're associated with your career network or not. I mean, all of these things have been incredibly insightful. One of the things that we ask all of our guests is if you have one piece of career advice that um, sort of tops everything, uh, what would that be? The I know bold it's tough. question ask a career professional. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Just the one. Maybe it's coming out of a lot of conversations I've had lately, but I would say try stuff. Mm. You know, usually the best way to figure out what works for you, not just for career, but for everything, is to try it out and see if it fits, right? It's why you take your weight loss jeans into the change room. <laughs> you know, we talk so much about careers in the context of, especially with younger people, so much in the context of this is what you need to do to get there, or this is what the job is, you know, you can be a doctor and save lives. We talk about it that way, but we don't talk about how work fits into a workplace and then how that work and workplace fit into the context of your life and how that fits. And you're only going to find that stuff out by trying it. That's powerful. It's very powerful. And I couldn't agree more. I think you've got to got to have that um, that experience of going through the motions and seeing how this resonates with you emotionally and physically as you're as you're going through. So I love that. Absolutely love it. So, Devin, this has been sensational today. Thank you so much for taking some time with us today. How can our listeners follow you, get connected to your content and learn a little bit more about what you do? You can find me on LinkedIn and you can find careerified at careerified.ca and on Instagram and Facebook. Amazing. I definitely know people are going to want to learn more about that and get connected with you. And I will just reiterate everything that, that Brad has already said. I think so many powerful takeaways from this episode. And I hope to anyone listening, like 
take one step today, whether you think it's time for a detour or not. You can always confirm that it's not time for a detour too by taking some of these steps, having an intentional conversation with someone, reevaluating your values or leaning into that a little bit, you know, checking out a YouTube video or a LinkedIn learning course. Whatever the step is for you, I will make that your homework today, I guess. <laughs> Go do one of those things and Again, Devin, can't thank you enough for being with us and providing all this information. Well, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much. This is your career GPS and your journey awaits. <laughs> <laughs>